Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 17. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. If you've been with us, you know... 1 Samuel is a book about Samuel, Saul, and David. 2 Samuel is a book about David's reign, uh, 40-year reign, uh, seven and a half years in Hebron, uh, 33 years in Jerusalem. 2 Samuel, we learn of David's life and his humanity, his royalty, his failures, and his successes. Now, 2 Samuel chapter 12, I want you to just turn there with me and look with me. 2 Samuel chapter 12, and look with me. This is a very key verse, a real turning point, I think, in the life and the ministry of King David. 2 Samuel chapter 12, right about verse 10. Uh, David had sinned with Bathsheba. You know the story. And he goes to, Nathan goes to David, and um Gives him a parable of uh, this man who took this little ewe lamb, and then David confesses the sin. Uh, God forgives David, but God also told David, look at verse 10. In 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 10, God said, now therefore, and this is a key verse in 2 Samuel. That's why I want to show it to you, and I probably tell you every time we are in this book, because it's very strategic in the life and the ministry and the, in the reign of David. Now therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me. Despised me. Notice, never depart from your house because you've despised me, God said, and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. The sword shall never depart from your house. And from this moment forward, the sword never departed from David's house. David repents genuinely, and he... Uh, makes himself vertically right with God, but on the horizontal, listen to me, on the horizontal, there's still consequences that will go on for the rest of his life. The same is true for us. We can sin. We shouldn't. I'm not encouraging it. We can sin, and we can ask God to forgive us, and God will forgive you, and the Bible says that You'll be forgiven, and, and God will cast your sin in the sea of forgiveness, never to remember it anymore. Although you are forgiven on the vertical, there may still often are still consequences on the horizontal. Because the Bible says you reap what you sow. The Bible says you, you sow the wind, you reap the whirlwind. You can't sow peas and expect to get watermelons. Huh? And you, and you can't sow to the flesh and expect to get spiritual things. 
So you reap what you sow. There's still consequences on the horizontal, although David makes himself right vertically with God. David will be king, but will never be the king that he was before he sinned. Alan Redpath said this, when a man or a woman of God sins, they are like an eagle with its wings clipped that may fly again, but never as high. That's so true. They may fly again, but never as high. And so these, uh, the swords will never depart from your house. These consequences um, followed David for the rest of his life. David and Bathsheba had a baby boy, and the baby dies. The sword shall never leave his home. David's son, Ammon, rapes his half-sister, Tamar. The sword will never leave David's house. David's son, Absalom, kills his uh, brother. Absalom kills his brother after two years. The sword will never leave his house. Then Absalom decides to commit treason and steal the kingdom. And stole the hearts of the men of Israel. The sword shall never depart from your house. The sword will never leave your house, David. David's counselor and trusted friend, Ahithophel, turned on David and joined Ahithophel in the takeover. The sword will never depart from your house, David. And it never did. Now, last time we were in chapter 16, Absalom and Ahithophel begin a rebellion. Chapter 16, just turn there with me. They begin a rebellion. And right about verses 15, just kind of peruse with me in chapter 16, right about verses 15 through 23, they, uh, Absalom and Ahithophel begin a rebellion, and they come into Jerusalem. Right about verse 20, Absalom asks Ahithophel, what shall we do? Now keep in mind, Absalom is the supposed king. Ahithophel is a counselor, just a guy coming to help in the rebellion. But Absalom asked Ahithophel, what should we do? Absalom, Ahithophel, pardon me, could care less about Absalom's daddy problems. He just wants to get revenge for David messing up the life of his granddaughter Bathsheba. Absalom says, Ahithophel, what do we do now? And notice, you'll note this if you've been with us, that when David reigned, he didn't ask Ahithophel, he asked the Lord. He listened to his counselors and he sought the Lord because that's what leaders do. And that's what kings do. I told you the Absaloms of the world are great at rebellion, but lousy at leadership. Great at rebellion, but lousy at leadership. Look at verse 21 in chapter 16. In verse 21, Absalom said, what should we do? Ahithophel tells Absalom to take his father's concubine out on the roof and have sex with them in front of the whole nation. That way, everybody will know your father hates you, and this will put a permanent wedge between David and his son Absalom. Now, two things. By Absalom doing this, he's wiping out any possibility of reconciliation to happen between father and son. Also, in the ancient world, for a man to take the king's concubines and sleep with them was considered an act of treason. This was an act of treason. So they, verse 22, they put a tent on top of the house and Absalom slept with his father's concubine in the sight of all of Israel. That's where we left off, saints. We pick up tonight. In chapter 17, I've titled this sermon, In Pursuit of David. Chapter 17 in 2 Samuel, if you're looking at it, verse 1, say amen. Moreover, moreover, Ahithophel said to Absalom, 
Now let me choose 12,000 men, and I will arise and pursue David tonight. And I will come upon him while he is weary and weak and make him afraid. And all the people who are with him will flee, and I will strike only the king. Then I will break, bring, bring back all of the people to you when all return except the man whom you seek. All the people will be at peace. And the saying, note this saying, please Absalom and the elders of Israel. Now let's just stop right there because I want to set this up for you. Interesting enough, Absalom, or pardon me, Ahithophel, is volunteering to lead the chase to take down David. Ahithophel knows that David has at least 600 men. Remember, if you've been with us, he's got 600 men. Actually, these was his first group of army guys. Uh, 600 distressed, discontent, and in-debt men, um, like some of us, and uh, distressed, discontent, and in-debt. Uh, at this point, David's got a special army, a special guard with him. He probably has about a 1,000 men about this time. So Absalom, or pardon me, Ahithophel, I keep saying Absalom, Ahithophel said, choose 12,000 crack troops, and I'll go get David. While David is weak and tired, we'll run up on him, and he'll be afraid, and everyone will run for cover, and we'll only kill the king, and then I'll bring back all the people, and everybody will be at rest. And the saying, verse 4, please Absalom, and all the elders of Israel. Now listen, don't miss this. Notice Ahithophel says, let me choose. And I will arise. Who did I tell you was the king? Absalom, supposedly. But notice this, and I've never seen this before until like this morning. He says, let me choose and I will arise and I will pursue and I will come upon David and I will strike only the king. I'll arise. I'll come. I'll strike. I will. I will. I will. Ahithophel has eye disease. He wants to be the general. And when I read this, it sounds very much like that. If you have your pen, you might want to even write this down in the margin in your Bible. It sounds very much like Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. Am I right about it, saints? Isaiah 14. Oh, you don't know what it says, huh? Isaiah 14, it says this. 12 through 14. This is Satan speaking. Saying, how are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? And how are you cut down? You are weakened. God actually speaking of Satan. You who are weakened, who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the, doesn't this sound the same? I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north, and I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high God. Listen, in theological world or in preacher world, this is known, this chapter and these verses are known as the five I wills of Satan. The five I wills of Satan. I will ascend into heaven. Heaven will be my home and my place of honor. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation. I will ascend above the heights and I will be like the most high God. In other words, I will be glorious and equal to God. 
Now, let's not make the mistake of thinking that Satan is saying that he's going to be above God. Because Satan knows he can't be above God. He knows that he's not that stupid. He knows he can't be above God. He's not exalting himself above God. He's exalting himself above his peers and wanted to be equal with God. Not above God, but equal with God. Satan wanted to be honored and regarded above the other angels and equal with God. Ahithophel wanted to be the same in charge, the general in charge. But what's interesting to me is this is what Absalom decided to do. David, if Absalom had listened to Ahithophel, David would have been done. Ahithophel's counsel, listen to me close. Ahithophel's counsel or his strategy or his strategy plans was a small army, move swiftly, attack at night, attack suddenly without warning, And David's death is the one great goal, not everybody else. Then bring back all the followers and make them swear allegiance and loyalty to Absalom. And if they had done this, it would have been curtains for David. It would have been over. Ahithophel's strategy is swift, not a lot of blood, easy. In contrast, stay with me. In contrast, Hushai said when he gives his plan of attack is much more drawn out much more lengthy, much more maneuvering. Look at verse 5, and you'll know what I mean. 2 Samuel 17 and verse 5. Then Absalom, so Ahithophel gives his plan of attack to get David. Are y'all with me so far? Now in verse 5, Hushai. Then Absalom said, get Hushai, the archite also, and let us hear what he has to say. And when Hushai came to Absalom, Absalom spoke to him, saying, Ahithophel has spoken in this manner. Shall we do as he says? If not, speak up. So Hushai said to Absalom, the advice that Ahithophel has given is not good at this time. For said Hushai, you know your father and his men, Absalom, father, David, you know your father and his men, that they are mighty men. And they are enraged in their minds, I want you to underline, like a bear robbed of her cubs in the field. And your father is a man of war and will not camp with the people. Surely by now he is hidden in some pit or in some other place. And it will be when some of them are overthrown at the first that whoever hears it will say, there is a slaughter among the people who follow Absalom. And even he who is valiant, whose heart is underlined this, like the heart of a lion, will melt completely. For all Israel knows that your father is a mighty man, and those who are with him are valiant men. Therefore I advise, Hushai said, that all Israel be fully gathered to you, from Dan to Beersheba, from north to south, like the, underline this, like the sand that is by the sea for the multitude, and that you go to battle in person. And so we will come upon him in some place where he may be found and we will fall on him as underline this, the dew falls on the ground. So you have underlined like a bear robbed of her cubs, like the heart of a lion, like the sand that is by the sea for the multitude and as 
or like the dew falls on the ground. That's how fast we're going to come upon him. And of him, in verse 12, and all the men who are with him, there shall not be left so much as one. Moreover, if he has withdrawn into a city, then all Israel shall bring ropes to that city, underline this, and we will pull it into the river until there is not one small stone found there. So Absalom and all the men of Israel, key verse saints, Absalom and all the men of Israel said the advice of Hushai the Archite is better than the advice of Ahithophel. For the Lord has proposed to defeat the good advice of Ahithophel to the intent that the Lord might bring disaster on Absalom. Now, I want you to just stop right there and look over at chapter 16, verse 23. Keep this in mind about Ahithophel. The advice of Ahithophel, this was the mindset of the people. This was the common ideology of the people during that time concerning Ahithophel. The advice of Ahithophel, which he gave in those days, was as if he had inquired at the oracles of God. So it was all the advice of Ahithophel, both with David and with Absalom. And now they say in verse 14 that the advice of Hushai is better than the advice of Ahithophel. Now, Ahithophel's counsel, listen, is wise counsel. As I said already, it is wise counsel. It's decisive. It's swift. It attacks uh, suddenly. Uh, there's not a whole lot of blood. The goal is to get David and then to bring back his followers and to make them loyal. Ahithophel's counsel is wise, but listen, it's not godly, but it's wise. Ahithophel gives his thoughts. Absalom does something a little bit different. Absalom calls for Hushai the Archite. Hushai comes in. Absalom told him Ahithophel's plan. And Absalom said, if you got something to offer, speak now. If we ever hold your peace, let's hear it. Well, verse 7, Hushai said, the advice is good, the timing is bad. The advice is good, the timing is bad. Hushai, remember, is not a military man. Remember Hushai, if you were with me in chapter 15, Hushai is just a friend who came upon David. Stay with me. Look at me, please. Hushai is just a friend who came upon David when he was up on Mount of Olives, Praying and seeking God and crying out to God because he was in such a bad place spiritually. And Hushai shows up. And remember we talked about that, that everybody needs a Hushai every now and then to come along and encourage you and lift you up. Amen. Amen. And, and so Hushai is just a friend. And then Hushai said, David, in chapter 15, Hushai said, David, I'll stay with you and I'll just hang out with you. And David said, listen, you can do me one better. You can go and make yourself a spy like Jason Bourne. And you can go and make yourself a spy and, and with Absalom and Ahithophel and listen to what they say. And then when you hear what they say, tell um, Abiathar and Zadok's sons, and they will get the message to me what Absalom and Ahithophel 
are planning. So Hushai, if you would go and become a spy, and that is what he did. He went and became a spy among the court of Absalom. So Hushai is not um, a strategist or a tactician. He's not a military man. He's just planted among them to hear what's going on. Well, look at verse 8. Hushai said, Absalom, your father and his mighty men and his men are mighty men and enraged in their minds. Note this. I had you underline like a bear robbed of her cubs in the field. And your father is a man of war and will not camp with the people. Hushai was smart. He said, you don't want to step into this hornet's nest. Absalom, your dad is smart. And if you start something with these guys, you better be ready. Because your dad is like a mama bear over her children. Hushai said, David is smarter than that. He is not going to be sleeping with his troops. And they're going to run up against Joab and Abishai. You know that Joab and Abishai are famous for winning these types of battles. And because Joab and Abishai, they're warriors. And Hushai said in verse 9, look at it. Listen, your dad is probably hidden somewhere and you guys are probably going to lose this battle. And then before you know it, people are going to be saying there's a slaughter among the people who follow Absalom. You don't want that. Hushai, look at verse 11, he lays an effective verbal trap. Here's what I call it, an effective verbal trap. And Absalom steps right into it. Hushai said, here's my thoughts. Let all of Israel gather to you from tribes of Dan to Beersheba. It seems that Hushai is drawing attention to Absalom's ego. He doesn't use the I will statements about himself, but rather a series of statements about the strength of the new king. Note this, saints. Hushai is a master of metaphors. And this is why I had you underline those five sections. They are a series of metaphors. Verse 8, enraged like a bear robbed of her cubs in the field. Verse 10, like the heart of a lion. Verse 11, like sand that is by the sea for multitudes. Verse 12, as the dew or like the dew falls on the ground. And even verse 13, we will pull a city with ropes into the river as one small stone. That is a metaphor. So Hushai is using this imagery to make a point. Again, in verse eight, go ahead and look at it. David has run out of the city into the wilderness. They're angry. They've done this before. This is not their first time out. Notice verse 10, like the heart of a lion. David is a military man and a tactician and surrounded by experienced warriors. And I don't think he'll be staying with the troops. That's not smart. Verse 11, like sand that is by the sea for a multitude. He tells Absalom he needs to take time and gather the men from Bathsheba. He says, Absalom, you be the leader. And after we gather everyone, then we move out. Imagine yourself, Absalom. Imagine yourself conquering the conquering general out in the front, leading the way. Hushai is simply buying time so David can get away. Hushai said, verse 12, will come upon them like as the dew falls on the ground. Hushai says, Absalom, think about it. We won't just kill David. We're going to slaughter them all. 
They're all against you as king. We'll kill them all and come upon them all like the dew that falls on the ground. It comes in silence. It comes irresistible. You can't do anything about it. So you, Absalom, will descend on that city and conquer. So Absalom, in verse 14, and all the men of Israel said, the advice of Hushai is better. Now listen, this is crazy. This little scene is crazy. Because Ahithophel's advice, actually, if you're awake and still listening, Ahithophel's advice is better than Hushai's. It is. I told you. Ahithophel's advice is swift, it's clean, it's quick, it's get in and get out. Get David, take the people, and get back. Hushai's advice is let's go slow, let's get an army together. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.